going live on Facebook. <laughs> we are recording yet another new episode to the Marta the Minimalist podcast. And I have here one of the most amazing women and uh, somebody that I've just really grown to admire and be fond of. And she's going to tell you how her own story of how to persevere through against all odds and push through and, and make things happen, make amazing things happen while fulfilling your purpose. But before I gab on about that, I want her to introduce herself to you and tell you a little bit of her story. And then we'll, well, I'm going to just poke her for two to three tips that she would give to someone who has a mission on their hearts, but the human world is is showing all signs of failure and but her, the heart of a woman perhaps is showing no keep going keep going keep going and what to do in those situations so before i go on tell the audience all about you elizabeth so hi i'm elizabeth echeverria and i'm the founder of living in liberty and we're a nonprofit in Pittsburgh that helps women and girls transition out of a life of sex trafficking. And we do that in four ways. So we help them by providing transitional housing where they can stay for a year, year to a year and a half. We do street outreach where we connect with them in various places in Pittsburgh while they're still being trafficked or prostituted in the streets. We also go raise awareness and uh, do prevention to anybody that will invite us to speak. So we're always trying to get into schools or to anybody that just wants to learn more about human trafficking. And then we also have the resale shop called Repurposed, which helps um, not only fund the work that we do, but it also helps um, provide job placement for some of our women, whether they come into our house or we recently just rolled out a new pilot program to offer it to other women because employment is one of their biggest challenges. They often have criminal backgrounds and so being able to be employed is a difficult thing for women exiting trafficking. So in a nutshell, that's what we do um, and started it in 2012. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that when I'm typically to the guests, I say, all right, share your story. And they're like, eh, here's the story. Is that enough? Is that what you're looking for? So <laughs> I was waiting for my end of, yes, that was great. It was wonderful. <laughs> and so when you had this mission on your heart, obviously it was super easy there. It, it just, there was nothing stopping you. There was no opinions of what you were going to do. And it just was the most simple thing that you had to endure. Is that right? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> not. <laughs> Which we do believe once you get to a certain point of your organization and your business, that things are easy, things do flow, and you just are able to trust and allow to receive from God. But that that starting phase, that isn't always the case. Can you share a little bit of what the experience was there for you? So um, I really felt called to this particular mission um, and had a passion for helping trafficked women. But people around you don't always see that as, a, you know, even my husband, I would say, and he would agree with this. When I first brought this up to him, he didn't understand it. He didn't understand trafficking. Like a lot of people don't understand trafficking. A lot of them think these women choose this lifestyle. And so if someone's choosing this particular lifestyle, um, you know, why would you want to help them? 
um, was kind of the mentality and can be the mentality of a lot of men. And after I started doing the work, he's my biggest supporter, my biggest advocate um, until I decided I was going to start the repurpose store to create the funding. And that happened in 2013. And it was middle of winter in December. And we were going to open the store, you know, and who opens a store in December? <laughs> that's not that, you know, if anything, that's the downtime for most businesses, December and January and February. To, revenues tend to drop, um, but I just felt compelled that we were to start this store, and so we opened it in December. And he, to this day, will say, um, "You know, I didn't think it was going to be successful, and it has turned out to be one of the biggest successes." You know, I do have to say that while I, you know, had the vision and the plan it takes a village of people to come around you to make it happen. You know, it's not just um, me doing it all. You know, it's taken a lot yeah. of people coming. Let's talk that. about that village. Who would you say are some key people that helped you raise this from the ashes, let's say? So of course, first and foremost, I think it's, uh, for me, it's having that personal relationship with God and feeling that call that this is what he has told me I'm to do and ordained to do. And so having that, then having people around you that will champion the vision, you know, and believe in your vision and help encourage you. So um, just that kind of inner circle, you know, um, and that inner circle can look different for different people. You know, Jesus had his inner circle and those are the people that you can be transparent with and honest with and about your struggles, what's going well, what's not going well, um, you know, what your challenges are. And then you need to really just start networking too and building a network because you need all kinds of things when you start a business, you know, all different kinds of resources. And it's through connecting with people that we find those resources. I have one story of, um, I was looking for an accountant. Um, I need someone to do the books. And this was early on when we weren't paying for a lot of positions. And we were actually at the repurpose store and we were going to go out on a truck route. And we do a truck out once a month where we go pick up furniture. And turned out I didn't have anybody to go out on the truck route that day. So it was going to be me. <laughs> and so I get in the truck. And there was this woman that was volunteering at the store that day. And she said, oh, I'll go with you. So it was me and this other very petite little woman um, out trying to pick up furniture to put it on the truck uh, and bring it back to the store. Well, in the process of us driving around and um, talking, we, um, you know, I asked her what she was interested in and what, you know, how she wanted to volunteer with Living in Liberty. And she shared how, you know, she did accounting and bookkeeping, and that was really her passion. And here I was looking for, a, you know, someone to help with the books. And um, through that, I really felt like it was a divine connection. You know, she says, well, I feel like that's the way I'm supposed to volunteer with Living in Liberty. You know, that's and awesome. so, yeah. And I can repeat things over and over like that, where I'm looking for a particular thing, and then God just connects us yeah mm -hmm. so what other uh, what other tips and life hacks would you give to an aspiring 
woman entrepreneur or someone who wants to start an organization and there it, it just doesn't feel like the pieces are connecting but their heart is telling them to keep going my first thing would be don't give up Mm -hmm. I have another story um, when we started outreach, you know, and I went and asked one of the professionals in the area who started the project in human trafficking, you know, where would you start street outreach? And she told me Homewood. I don't know if she told me Homewood because she thought I would get discouraged or I wouldn't go. Um, but so I built a team and there were probably 15 people when we started going out into Homewood. I had a woman come down who was a survivor out of Toledo that trained us on how to do street outreach. And so we went out for seven weeks and I had this great team and uh, we weren't encountering any women. In fact, you know, we were going around telling the businesses what we were trying to do and connecting and just letting them know what a resource we were going to be. And one thing God told me before I went down there is you have to be faithful and you have to be consistent. And um, in that, uh, you will eventually be successful. But, you know, in the beginning for a year, we didn't encounter any women, you know, mm -hmm. and that was discouraging, you know, I mean, here we are, we're out there and my team dwindled down to two people, me mm -hmm. and another person, because of course the people were getting discouraged mm -hmm. um and then that next year we finally connected with a church that was going to be a space that we could use as a drop-in center and from there it just took off you know and we started seeing more and more women where it built to us seeing you know 30 to 40 women come through the drop-in center every week and a drop-in center is where we give them a warm meal, they can get personal care items, they can, um, we do art therapy, just a place where we can build relationship with them. But if in that first year, I had said, you know, uh, I'm, we're not seeing any fruit. In fact, the woman that had been training us, the survivor out of Toledo, she told us to give up. She's yeah. like, you're not seeing any women yet. Um, but I knew in my heart that God said, you know, you be faithful, you be consistent, and you will see the fruit of it. So often it's just pushing through when we don't feel that um, anything is happening. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, after that first year, who, and I know that you can't divulge personal information, but can you describe the, the first woman that you did encounter and how you were able to find her? Well, actually, one of the first women that I remember meeting on the street um, has unfortunately since passed away. But um, my encounter with her was a, um, she had a faith in God. Her parents were, her mom was a pastor. I mean, so we just had opportunities to pray with her and to speak to her. I mean, and that was just very encouraging. Um, in fact, we've gone on to, um, we started an online outreach during COVID, uh, social media outreach to those women that are trafficked online. You know, that was, we were kind of pushed by COVID because we couldn't go out to the streets. And so that was a new initiative that we started. And we actually named that after her. It's called Joyce Space because her name was Joy. And yeah. so, um, very fond place in my heart, but sad 
to. And tell us, what what else would you say to someone who's facing adversity to keep going? I like one of the first things I said is just connecting with people, building that community of support. Also, I mean, putting people in your life that are going to be encouraging. Like if you have people that are being negative or um, mm-hmm. you know, not speaking into your vision, um, I mean, you have to limit your interactions with them then. I mean, because if they're, I mean, obviously my husband, I couldn't limit those interactions. But what, what do you say about that? Because I do have a, um, a couple of clients sometimes that come my way that go, that it's it's the husband who is being the least supportive and and telling them you need to just go get a job and I'm not seeing the the fruits of the labor and then of course they keep going and and they're able to persevere and then they're able to show you know the husband like look here's what I was talking about what how would you say to handle that when it is your, your husband who who isn't seeing the big picture with you obviously keep on talking to them about it. I mean, open communication is the best thing. Um, you know, trying to be in an agreement as much as you can, because uh, I mean, we're, that's what we're, we're called to unity, but at the same time, I mean, you hear God for yourself, you know, we each hear God for ourselves, and just be praying about the fact that, um, if he really is calling to you to do something, he will also, speak to your husband about it and there will eventually be that agreement um, Mm -hmm. because um, they may not see it in the beginning but they will see it but you just have to persevere I mean you know I don't think God has us do things that our husbands won't um, eventually support because if he's called us to be married he's called us to be in unity and in sync and so right if there's long-term disagreement, then I think there's bigger things that are there too. Yeah. Okay. So you've said, don't give up. You've said, limit your communication with people who aren't being supportive and put encouraging people around you. Yes. But encouraging people around you. I'm also hearing to just simply infuse your, even if people aren't getting it, you don't need to react or prove yourself. Just simply continue with the, with infusing love in your words, you know, keep talking about it, but not in a, in a strong, yes, mean way. Keep talking about it in with just love and clarity and, and action. I mean, because they're going to see through your actions for one thing that you're committed to it, that you believe in it. Mm-hmm. And that you are f- firmly believing that this is what God has called you to do. I mean, because the more we um, present that uh, certainty ourselves, you know, the more other people are going to believe and buy into it. You know, if we seem uncertain and wavering, then that's what people are going to see, you know, and they're not necessarily going to believe you because if you don't believe yourself, then it's going to be hard for other people to believe you. Sure. Anything else? Um, what else would I say? I would, um, nothing's coming to mind at this moment. I think I, those are the things that, um, God is saying, put out there right now, you know, Mm -hmm. persevere, 
surround yourself with encouraging people, limit your interactions with those that aren't encouraging. And um, what about when you have those days that you're just in your head and no matter how many times you try to call into God and try to call into, you know, your guardian angels, you just keep being in your head about all the things that are going wrong. What would you suggest about that? I mean, those are the times that we have to persevere through um, just being disciplined in our actions. I mean, isn't that life? I mean, you know, it's coming against all those things in our head that tell us, you know, we're not good enough. We're not able to do that. Oh, did you really hear from God that you're supposed to be doing that? Um, and if you know that you know that you know, um, you're still going to have those voices. You may not be able to quiet them that particular day or that particular moment, but just continuing to take the actions that you know you need to be doing. So being disciplined. And sometimes, I mean, you just have an extra bad day and maybe you just need to sit in it for a minute too. You know what I mean? And acknowledge all the emotions that you're feeling, you know, that um, I really am doubting or I'm frustrated or I'm all of those things and maybe that's the time you reach out to someone for encouragement or strength or just spend quiet time with god or um, get out and do something different you know i mean there's lots of things that you can do when you're in your head absolutely all right well where where can they find you where can they go to support you so they can go to our Facebook page at Living in Liberty or to our website at livinginliberty.org, or we also have a repurposed page um, that it talks about our resale shop. We have a resale shop, which is 10,000 square feet that sells men's, women's, children's houseware, furniture, books. We just have a short list of items that we don't sell so you can either donate or go buy you know our biggest um, buyers are those that donate so you can do both um, we receive donations from 10 to 5 monday through saturday at uh, 7805 mcknight road in ross township and that is our biggest funding source for the work that we do. In fact, it's what sustained us during COVID when we couldn't do any of our fundraising events. So yeah, that's one. Of and the if you're watching this on a platform that you can share it, please share it so you can help to share Elizabeth's mission and living in Liberty and repurposed. And I know that we had the pleasure to do a month of social media for you guys. And we were seeing a lot of like heightened awareness and engagement and added members. And so I know that the community that is around you is fully around you. And it's just a matter of getting the word out even more. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing we can do to stop trafficking is raise awareness about the issue. You know, when I started this, the FBI said there was, um, there weren't really any cases of trafficking and now they're seeing many cases and it's not because trafficking wasn't happening. It's just because the awareness wasn't out there. So the more people that understand the signs and that understand trafficking, the more that we can have an impact on stopping trafficking. Absolutely. So, so if you're watching this, please share it. And well, I'm sure we'll have Elizabeth back another time. This is her second time with us here today. I know that this, the lives that she's impacting are so, it's just so important, the work that you're doing. So I'm glad to have you back and thank you for being here.
Well, thank you, Marta. I really appreciate all that you do and just helping raise awareness about the issue. So thank you so much. Absolutely.